The Humans of LQHS is a podcast that helps to represent, support, and bring awareness to different groups at La Quinta High School. In this platform, we hope to amplify each individual's voice so that they can share their experiences. Everyone has a story. The views of this podcast do not reflect those of all students and staff members on this campus. How much of Vietnamese pop culture or like media, like movies, shows, and music did you consume in your everyday life? Um, so I don't really think like I consume a lot of Vietnamese culture, but um, I do like when I grew up, I watched, um, what was it, Paris by Night? Yeah, oh my god. At, like that was like the classic when you got home. But like other times, like when I go like on TikTok, I've been listening to a lot of like Vietnamese songs and there's like a specific song that I can't get to my head. But um, it's the the. It's like Chào anh em là em là con gái miền Tây. Okay, sorry yeah, guys. No, yeah. Okay, but like <laughs> that's really cool. But no, like definitely like in TikTok, like culture. I feel like I see a lot of like Vietnamese influencers more as well, like yeah. cooking influencers and those who like do makeup. So it's becoming much more prominent in my media. I use messages like I message. Yeah. Oh yeah. But Facebook, I, I I like I still don't understand how it works either. But I always get to see photos of my aunts and my uncles. Yeah. Like they post everything. Absolutely. Like going so to bed, watching Twing Out with my daughter. Like it's really cute though. I it's know. So, it's, it's like check cool. it. Just so it's like wholesome cute. Instagram. Yeah. 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 And a lot of Vietnamese families use it. It's Absolutely. like yeah. How connected do you guys feel with your Vietnamese culture? Um, for me, I definitely feel connected. So, for example, at school, like, you know, Emily and I are very involved with VSA, so that, um, you know, already a very big interaction with the Vietnamese culture, especially with that preparation coming up. Yeah. But yeah, and then at home, I know I speak Vietnamese to my parents, I eat Vietnamese food, and sometimes I even, like, you know, sing bolero songs in Vietnamese for, like, karaoke time with my parents. So, yeah. I'd oh, say, the karaoke. Yeah, yeah, so I'd say definitely connected to my culture. Well, what, what about you, Emily? I think now I'm growing more connected. I don't, I wouldn't necessarily say like I'm confidently mm-hmm. like, uh, you know, super Vietnamese, whatever <laughs> that means. But ever since I joined VSA though, it definitely has helped me grow more comfortable because even though I am surrounded by a, like a lot of Vietnamese students, I don't have a lot of conversations or like I don't really learn much. And I took Spanish as a language. <laughs> so, you know, but being in VSA, I'm my advisor. Uh, Mrs. Dow, actually, she taught me a lot. She's the Vietnamese teacher here at La Quinta, too. Mm-hmm. So um, she's basically like my Viet mom. So <laughs> being with her, I slowly learn more about the culture. Um, I have fun with it, and I have a VSA family to celebrate my culture with. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. As I am growing older, I feel like more connected with my um, with the Vietnamese culture in particular. Um, growing up, I listen to um, Viet music. I listen to I, I watch Twinga on like Paris by Night. <laughs> so yeah, I, I did all of that. As I um, grew older, I progressively like felt more connected with the culture. Mm-hmm. Um, I think beginning in sixth grade, I took uh, Vietnamese like classes outside of um, school hours. I, I kind of thought it was just like oh, it's kind of pointless. It's not really like I I, I don't really know why I'm doing this. As the years went on, I kind of like quickly realized that, yeah, um, taking learning Vietnamese and learning about um, Vietnamese culture is like really important. I think it's just me, but I never really consumed any Vietnamese um, content. 
Not even music? Not even music. No. That music? Not even kunga. I mean, I've heard it, um, uh, I've heard it occasionally, but I never mm. actively, like, listened to it. Mm. And, like, um, for your enjoyment? Yeah, and my parents watched uh, Twinga quite a little bit, so so sometimes I would, like, just watch with them. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think I've also seen her at a few, I think, like, twice at two different, like, large Vietnamese parties. Mm-hmm. Uh, but other than that, like, I've never really could oh. seek out and consume content. Mm. Maybe that's just a part of me that is, like, disconnected from the Vietnamese yeah. culture. Mm. But it has your relationship or perception with Vietnamese culture changed uh, over time? If so, how? Um, I would say it definitely changed because the thing is, when I lived in Vietnam, um, I think simple things like, you know, having a dish of ban kung in the morning in my uniform, going to school with like uniform. the buzzing streets. Yeah, that seemed really um, second nature to me. Mm-hmm. And then when it came over here and I was like, oh my God, I missed all that so much. Like the things that I used to take for granted that, you know, now that I actually miss it, I yeah. think um, those simple things carry such like a rustic sense, but such like a familiar feeling yeah. that all Vietnamese get when they hear like, you know, eating bumba in the morning or like going on your little motorbike to work or to school. Aww. But yeah. Um, like a little scooter. Yeah. Yeah. There's so procession wise, it definitely changes. I learned to appreciate the Vietnamese culture a lot more when I came here for sure. You said, you mentioned the uniform and when I first, if I, when I finished enrolling in my, uh, my first high school, before I went home, when school started the next week, I was like, um, okay, so, uh, where's my uniform yeah and then they just straight up said what's that like they looked at me at a very confused face mm-hmm. and they were like we don't have uniforms and i'm like yeah. then what am i supposed to wear to school exactly you think yes i was very excited to be able to wear like my own clothes yeah. but then like after a while i'm like oh yeah i, I, would uniforms. Say, I was like uh, i kind of miss uniform because it, it gave everyone kind of a sense of like unity I yeah would say, i mean it's in the school. word yeah. uniform yeah. yeah yeah and it made everyone more um how is it connected mm-hmm if you don't mind me asking, but like, what, what did the uniforms look like? Um, it the, was like a classic white button, and mm-hmm. for the girls, they would wear like um, navy blue skirts, usually with like the straps going onto their shoulders. Um, and for the guys, I remember it would just be the white button ups with the um, the navy blue pants, and usually a sort of like necktie of some sort, depending yeah. on the school. Yeah, um, the color also depends on the school. I think mm-hmm. we went to a more uh, blue yeah. pink school. I went to a school that was uh, Red? white and maroon. But uh, but then we also had a separate set of uh, PE yeah PE uniform yeah, yeah oh. which I always mostly wear wore because they were much more comfortable yeah it was like a thin because usually when we wear it, we have to like tuck the shirt in so we we, we all look yeah. kind of really funny it was like long like sweatpants with like short yeah. sleeve yeah and then my teacher would yell at me because I would wear them on days we didn't even have oh PE. yeah oh. and there's this oh. thing in Vietnam where like the school has like a dress code person like you can't. <laughs> let your hair oh, down yeah, you can't no. tie you, yeah it's like really strict dress code yeah. um and there's someone going around like to catch you for something yeah. oh and especially in vietnam you have to stay back you clean the, the classroom yep. you oh. don't you don't just sit there and do your homework that's good etiquette that's good etiquette how well do you know vietnamese and how does your knowledge of the language affect how you perceive certain aspects um, Emily, do you mind sharing this? Oh, oh well. <laughs> so again, I did take Spanish in high school, but all the Vietnamese I did learn is basically from home and actually at my local church as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, every Sunday, my church uh, they have uh, Vietnamese classes, so I did take classes for a couple years. So I would say like I can hold a good conversation, I can talk to my grandparents, mm-hmm. uh, teachers. 
But um, writing, though, and reading is definitely on the hard side. The mm -hmm. Vietnamese language has a lot of rules, mm -hmm. and grammar is pretty difficult as yeah. well. So I'm not too proficient there. Mm -hmm. uh, Were you guys forced to, to learn Vietnamese? Uh, kind of. So my, uh, my grandpa was like, uh, told my um, parents to like, hey, you should have uh, Stephen take Vietnamese classes because like oh, yeah because yeah, like yeah. Um, living in little Saigon uh, which is like predominantly um, Vietnamese, Vietnamese mm -hmm. yeah um, you kind of have to like speak the language because like um, there, there there are some people who might not be proficient in yeah. English so like speaking mm -hmm. Vietnamese is like a great skill communal so, language basically. yeah, yeah. Well, for me, my mom would yell at me in Vietnamese, so I had to learn one way or another. Like, <laughs> yeah. like uh, yeah, so that kind of pushed me to learn Vietnamese quickly to communicate with my parents. Um, for me, it's actually a struggle with because I know Vietnamese a lot, but then I also speak in English a lot. So, but then sometimes I'm holding an English conversation, but then I don't remember this one English word, but I know what it is in Vietnamese. And vice versa. Sometimes, I'm, oh yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm talking Vietnamese, and I'm like, oh my god, what is that word? But I know the word in English, but not Vietnamese. Sometimes the word just doesn't exist. Yeah. In the language I too. know. So, uh, can I think of one off the top of my head right now? I don't think I can. Yeah. How has your family affected your perception of Western and Vietnamese cultures? I always bring back my mom. Again, we're really mm -hmm. close, so love you, mom. But um, my mom, she always wanted to make sure that I still had like a piece of Vietnamese still inside me, if that makes sense. Like I was still holding on to my culture. And I think she was really afraid of American culture in the beginning because um, I think it was very foreign to her. Like coming from Vietnam to America, again, it's a completely different lifestyle and it's a different mindset too, right? So um, I think at first she was really afraid. So she kept telling me like, oh, like whatever, like you do, like you're going to like don't hang out with friends like you, you come home and like when I when I were at home like you don't speak English like you speak Vietnamese mm -hmm. and when you're with your grandparents like you don't use English or Vietnamese even she mm -hmm. wanted to just stick with it mm -hmm. but as I grew older I think the trust grew more and my mom became more like comfortable mm -hmm. with western culture as well so yeah that's where it is for me my father, my mother does not know any English, but my father is actually pretty, pretty good at English. Mm -hmm. You can hold a conversation really well and mm -hmm. like just speak and communicate with any English speaker really. But mm -hmm. um, it, he tells me this story all the time and it, it always made me laugh because of how absurd it is. The, um, the way he learned English was that there was, when he was a late teenager, when he was around mm -hmm. early 20s, uh, there was this, this group of Frenchmen that was in his hometown. Mm -hmm. They were speaking English because they were also traveling and speaking to a Vietnamese businessman. Mm -hmm. So he would just like trail them and kind of like basically stalk them and listen <laughs> in on their conversation. And that was his introduction to the English Resources, language. Absolutely. Resources. And then, yeah, from there he started trying to speak it and he bought a, a translating book. And it astonished me how much harder it was to learn a language back then for mm -hmm. them. He said he had to search it up on a dictionary and it was a pronunciation dictionary as well. Mm -hmm. So like English words would have Vietnamese words under them mm -hmm. that didn't even make any sense as Vietnamese words, but they oh. would just show him how to say it and how to pronounce it as the word in English. How has your environment or well, our school or mm -hmm. the area we're in uh, influenced your understanding of Vietnamese culture? For me, looking around campus, for example, although we're like 70%, 80% um, Vietnamese population at LQ, I did notice that 
a lot of the younger generations these days tends to be very detached with their um, mother tongue, their culture. Um, so that's why I'm very like appreciative to be a part of a club like VSA, to be like an outlet of culture for the younger generation to learn. In my community, it's so easy to access Vietnamese culture, Vietnamese food, Vietnamese media. Mm -hmm. So, and not everyone has that. There's a mm -hmm. lot of Vietnamese people who don't live in such communities and it's not easy to find bún bò huế or find bánh mì and that's something that I feel like you may yearn for. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's just being at home. You mentioned about how um, the younger generation might be a bit more detached from mm -hmm. Vietnamese culture. And I definitely see it from my younger cousin. Whenever my uh, grandparents would like talk to her, she mm -hmm. would reply back to English. Mm -hmm. And then she predominantly eats like Western food, like yeah. chicken tenders <laughs> and like. Mm, that yeah. sounds good. <laughs> it does sound good, but like. Yeah. How do you banish identities? Like, if I'm with a friend and I want to be speaking, like, English, like, I'm just going to do it. And talking to people, interacting, uh, going, like, for VSA, we have a lot of volunteer events. Mm -hmm. Getting to know other people in the Vietnamese community. Yeah. And I even met, like, Vietnamese directors. Mm -hmm. And it's just nice how we all have that common place that we can come back to. Yeah. So it's just exposing yourself, putting yourself out there. That's where I found my balance. I have this part-time job a lot with this um, with this company, and they would sometimes host uh, a few events in the area. Mm -hmm. And it's always funny because I would always see VSA in oh. a lot of the events. Um, yeah. The like, uh, for example, in the recently the Mile Square Park. Um, oh, the Waffle Vietnam. Yeah, yeah, I was I was there uh, in one of the stands mm -hmm. and. I just saw VSA, a giant line of people in black clothing, oh, and I was like, yeah. I wonder who they could be. Represent. Yeah, and um, it's it's always it's always it's always like really really cool to mm -hmm. see VSA at at these Vietnamese uh, wow. events helping out. Aww. We've done it too. <laughs> Your work at in VSA has like really helped with um, building this <gasps> community, and yeah. Aww. It comes from a place of being proud too. Mm -hmm. uh, I think especially like Michael, like mm -hmm. joining BSA was to find myself, but also be happy with who I was. Mm -hmm. uh, when you come from a place of confidence and comfort, that's when you feel more free to learn about your culture and be who you want to be. Mm -hmm. uh, with everything that we spoke about, about cultures, about Vietnamese, about being American, mm -hmm. I wanted to ask you guys, what does being Vietnamese mean to you? Um, for me to focus on um, the fun side of it, I think being a Vietnamese has a lot. Um, so like the core of being Vietnamese is family for me. Um, I feel like familial bonds is so important with like the elders and like the responsibility you have as um, a family member. Um, other than family, I also think the food is a big part of Vietnamese culture because I feel like when you mention Vietnamese to someone, all they think of is the food or the sceneries of how, yeah, <laughs> of how pretty it is. Yeah. Um, so I'm very proud of those two qualities of how strong of a bond we hold to our families mm -hmm. as well as how much food or um, like, yeah, we offer to the rest of the world. Yeah, I, 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 I love that you said that, I, mm -hmm. I agree. Um, I would say the majority of like Vietnamese family and Vietnamese, um, in, in Vietnamese culture, parents don't really say that they don't like verbally say yeah. that like I love you, but like the a, a way um, a mother or even a father mm -hmm. would say I love you to their child would to be give food. them yeah. food, it would to give language. them a de delicious, uh, wonderful plate of whatever Vietnamese food. Yeah. yeah. What do you think, Emily? Um, well, for me, I really think being Vietnamese is a lot of to do with strength. 
and I think that really comes from my mom. She was a really big like uh, representative of Vietnamese culture for me because she was always like active in teaching me things and uh, getting me involved. And like through her, I always see strength when it comes to Vietnamese culture. Like moving to a new home and making a living, that comes from a place of strength. Making sure that your children are still connected to their Vietnamese cultures through the ups and downs. It must have been hard for her. Like she could have just let us go off and mm -hmm. just do whatever we wanted. But she knew that like right now I'm so grateful that I'm connected to this side because there's so much more that I can do. There's so much people that I got to meet. So it's just coming from a place of love and fighting for your culture and fighting that you can still continue it for years to come. Yeah. About when it comes to culture and mm -hmm. passing on culture, if you were ever to have children, do you guys mm -hmm. think you would continue passing on Vietnamese culture or even the Vietnamese language to your children? Oh, yes, for sure. Um, sometimes I'm like thinking of my future and thinking of how I'm going to raise my kids. I want like designated days where it's like, this language only in the house. Like this language, th this day you can do like, oh, English and Vietnamese, but on this day you can only speak Vietnamese. Because <laughs> I feel like it will be doing a big favor in terms of like family connections as well, because you know, they still have their grandparents to talk to. What do you think, Emily? Yeah, just like Tui as well, I think for 100%, and it just comes from a place of like, owing it back to my grandparents and my mom. Mm -hmm. Like they spent all that time and they spent a lot of effort in preserving that culture. That I deserve that if I ever do have kids, mm -hmm. that I do want to pass along as well, but it's also to my kids too. Cause like sometimes like I remember growing up, I would look in the mirror and you look like a Vietnamese person. Mm -hmm. Like there's no hiding that at the end of the day and they deserve an explanation and mm -hmm. they deserve to be in touch with that side of them. Mm -hmm. Where when they see themselves, they can see a history of culture and mm -hmm. they can see where their past comes from. And it's mm -hmm. a very comforting feeling, yeah. you know? So I think they deserve to know that and not to be lost. Uh, I'll add on to that as well. I don't think this should apply only to like Vietnamese people and Vietnamese mm -hmm. students. That's I want to say, sure. no matter who you are, what your background, what your culture is, everyone should always try to be a little more um, connected to their family, mm -hmm. to their culture. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I don't know who's listening to this, but um, I don't know who you are, <laughs> but maybe give a family member or someone you haven't called a call in a while. I think whenever you're free, just ask your parents or like ask like a family member, hey, what was living in Vietnam, like, what was mm -hmm. living in yeah. X, Y, and Z, like, what, what, what did, what was, what did you do in the day? What, what was your experience? Yeah, what was your experience? Yeah. And I, and I think that, um, with that coming really soon, it is perfect opportunity to, like, learn more about your culture and, like, cherish mm -hmm. it and, like, yeah. just embrace it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What do you think, Emily? Take charge of your identity. Go out, explore, and yes, sometimes it's uncomfortable, sometimes it's scary. You don't know where you stand sometimes in your community, but um, again, being in VSA, like I started without any motive, like motive or mm -hmm. goal, but it grew so much. I got to meet others just like me. They were they're Vietnamese Americans, but they're like leading a whole line dance group now. They there's like they're leading mm -hmm. Ao Yai traditional like dances, mm -hmm. like and they knew nothing from the beginning too. Yeah. Like, you can grow so much, and if you can bring along your culture and a family with that, it's so much more meaningful. Yeah. What do you guys, or what do your families do to celebrate Tet? Um, or so, Lunar New Year? Yeah, so to celebrate 
that my family often starts off with um, decorating the house. And I always have memories of like, you know, it's similar to Christmas. So we, we like have the house decked out in that. So it's either um, Harmai or Hadao. But we're living in the U.S. So Hadao is more available. Um, and then I start with like, you know, stuffing envelopes for my mom, you know, like, um, designating like who gets what, and then making banchung and bantek, and yep, then yeah, absolutely. and then in the um, big pot, yeah, in the big pot, and, like but like the wrapping and stuff like that, and like. But then the thing is, making the traditional food, we make a lot because you basically eat it for the whole week of that. Yeah, same yeah. thing. You know, yeah, you yeah. yeah. Uh, what about you, Emily? How does your family celebrate it? Um, definitely, it's cleaning up right before it. That every my my parents oh, yeah. are just yeah. like everyone get a broom, get a stick. Like we're yeah. gonna clean this house Sweep up. Look out! Yeah. Like if my new year, new house. <laughs> exactly, laundry. Yeah. Oh my god, everyone has to do laundry, so mm-hmm. you have to have clean clothes by then. Mm-hmm. But also, like I kind of choose like what alyai I want to wear too. Oh, yeah. Like that's something that's prominent because I don't wear alyai yeah. often. So that's really fun. Everyone and, always looks great in an yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And, you know, clearing up my wallet for that lucky money. Oh, like, that's yeah. definitely yeah. getting a little space for you know, it. <laughs> Thank you so much for, you for uh, attending. Here. Thank you for having oh, us. It if, was so fun. If it's all right, can I say a joke that's in Vietnamese? Yeah, uh, go ahead. So if you understand it, then you understand it. What do you call a dancing cow? Ba. Lup lak. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, thank you, thank you. So, I'm Robbie, I'm your host. I'm Steven Nen, I'm your co-host. Thank you to our guests. Um, I'm Tui. And I'm Emily. The Humans of OQHS podcast was produced by Bridges at La Quinta High School. This episode was hosted by Robbie Ho and Steven Nin. Writing was done by Robbie Ho, Stephen Nin, and Stephen Tai. Thank you to our guests, Emily and Twee. Sound recording and editing by Robbie Ho and our advisor, Chris Byrne. PR was contributed by Stephen Nin. Thank you for listening. If you liked this episode, please share it with a friend.